0: Playwright, a podcast about creating and sharing new ways to play. My name is Ryan Heyman, also called H,
1: and I'm Ryan Quintel, also called QH, not QH, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Q comma H. Uh-huh. I have seen Avengers: Endgame. Ask me anything.
0: <laughs> Were you also surprised when Detective Pikachu made his appearance? Not at all. I've been
1: looking, I've been anticipating the MCU-PCU crossover for some period of time now and It was a little weird now that Ryan Reynolds is both Deadpool and Pikachu, but I think
0: Mm -hmm. they made it work. Yeah. I mean, having Pikachu and Deadpool in the same scene and speaking to each other was a little bit distracting because essentially he's just doing the same voice for both of them. Yeah. But, uh, you know, once you got over that and once you can, because they used a lot of like self-identifiers, they would begin each sentence like, I, Deadpool uh want to warn you about the bullets flying towards the back of your head and then Pikachu would jump and say, I Pikachu, thank you, Deadpool, for the warning.
1: Yeah, <laughs> was yeah. Which yeah. is a little
0: awkward, but it did really help the the flow of the scene to determine who was talking.
1: I, I'm gonna see if I know you well enough to to peg you that. Have you seen the scary movie movies?
0: Yes. Uh when I was younger, I was and this is like it was a movie that like people now like frequently referenced as like, well, at least we're not making movies like that anymore. But like, (laughs) I really enjoyed scary movie three when I was younger.
1: Yeah. I think that they were really stupid fun. And one of my favorite things going back and seeing any of those, um, sort of Wayne's brother spoof movies is, is that when they have somebody come on to do an impression of a celebrity who is clearly not that celebrity, they always say the full name of the celebrity. So mm-hmm. like in, uh, uh, action movie or whatever it is like superhero movie, they say, Oh my God, Paris Hilton. And it's just this person who <laughs> looks very vaguely like <laughs> Paris Hilton. It's, it's entirely strange, but it a- adds this extra level of camp that I, I
0: love. I mean, to be fair, if I saw a celebrity on the streets, I wouldn't just say like, Oh look, it's Bob.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's, it's Bob. Bob, McEnroe is that that's a good one yeah
0: Uh, well anyways we uh we shouldn't gloss over the fact that this is indeed our 100th consecutive episode Ah. without missing a week what a uh what a solid achievement and uh we thank everyone in our community who has presumably by now <laughs> wished us a happy 100. Uh it's it's not quite as impressive as Comedy Bang Bang 600, which they just did last week. Oh my god, uh, which, can you The oh. very nerve of them to pump out 600 episodes, but well, uh, you know, we're we're uh we're approaching those numbers. We're we're getting there. We're working our way up. It's amazing when I look back at it.
1: We've done it would be 300 pitches, but our first episode was just you and I, so it's really uh 99 uh, or sorry wait Does that 298 pitches um so we're like two or we're one short so 299 pitches
0: like it's a little complicated because there's been times when like we did the smash bros special oh, where i don't yeah. think we made a Explicit game pitch game as pitch. much as just kind of like talking about adjustments to that franchise and i i'm not even sure if there's been like any instances where we've done, like, more or less than three? But I don't know. Regardless, we are somewhere around the 300 games under our belt category.
1: <laughs> we are, thanks to you, we're sitting at a five-star rating. Totally solid on iTunes. <laughs> uh, th- th- I mean, that's true, and that's amazing. Actually, we don't have any 2019 reviews yet, so if you want to drop us a new review, please go to Apple Podcasts and drop us a review. We'd love that. But I think everybody's always been supportive. Everybody's been amazing. I... S- When you told me this was going to be a show where people write in to us Mm -hmm. every week and it started as it did not exist, I was, (laughs) especially having come (laughs) off of doing like 60 episodes of another show, I was like, okay, I don't believe you, but uh, we'll see. Sure enough, I continuously am amazed at the way that people have continued to show up and, and write in and... Just be amazing! Thank you so much, everybody.
0: That's right. We do get a lot of uh, very familiar names in the uh, in the comments, which is amazing and great. And we're really excited to see uh, kind of the evolution of some of the ideas that are um, that our community members have sent in. Uh, but of course, we would also like to uh, get some new voices and new faces in there. So. You know, we'd like to hear from people with different experiences, with uh, with different backgrounds, with different ideas, with different tastes in games. Um, of course, the regulars, keep them coming. We, uh, we always love to hear from you. But if you have ever been shy about sending something in, you know, we know that the the percentage of listeners versus the percentage of people who have actually sent pitches in is still kind of lopsided towards, you know, most people just kind of passively participating, which is great and amazing and and nothing wrong with that. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, you know, even if you are nervous about your idea, everyone's had some sort of a rattling in the back of their mind at some point in their lives, even if you think we might have, Discussed it at some point before, even if you're not confident in your, in your idea, even if it's not even close to being fully formed, uh, go ahead and send something in. Like we'd love to hear from you, and we are excited to to take it from wherever it stands now and turn it into something different. <laughs> I don't I don't want to <laughs> say better, something different.
1: <laughs> I, I like I know we're going long on our intro here, but we're we are excited about 100 episodes. I shared these with you the other day. But some fun facts of Playwright, uh, we are, this, here's, this is some big data, folks. We have been downloaded over 10,000 times, H. The most wow. popular day, people listen to us, no surprise, now that we're on Canarins, Thursday. Mm-hmm. The most popular time, 2 to 3 p.m. That's what it just says. It doesn't say what time zone, so I have no idea <laughs> what they mean by that. Um,
0: Maybe that's like each time zone is taken into account because I guess that would be like when the listeners are listening to us. So wherever they live, that was the, that would be the way that I would present that information. If I was Squarespace or whoever,
1: (laughs) (laughs) whoever's hosting this (laughs) nonsense. Um, and the top 10 countries is my favorite list because it's, it gets weird quick, I think. And weird is like unexpected for me. Number one, United States, number two, UK, uh, and Northern Ireland, uh, number three, Australia, our friends, nice. basically as far away as they can get. Canada, number four, not mm. really representing their Canada. Sweden, number five. The Netherlands, Federal Republic of Germany. How fancy is that at number seven? Wow. <laughs> France is number eight. i Now I'm just trying to go through my head and think about all the stupid accents I've done over these past 100 episodes. <laughs> uh, Brazil, number nine. And Finland, Number 10. So thank you to literally every part of the globe. It, it God, it, this continues to be the most fun
0: and weird thing uh, I do on a regular basis. We got to crack into the People's Republic of China, you know? I know. Well, there's some information control. I've been spouting a lot of stuff that they don't want shared over there. We have been very anti-Chinese government, so <laughs> I can see why they would take exception.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let the people here fictional video <laughs> game pitches okay
0: that's right well i guess with that said let's go ahead and get into our fictional video game pitches for today for our 100th episode my pitch for you this week
1: is an endless runner where you're playing as an nfl running back uh, or perhaps <laughs> several nfl running backs trying to get as many yards as you can the yards never end forget about get hitting the you know 50 yard line you can get to the 500,000th yard line and you have access to kind of the full array of Madden NFL football moves the jump the dive the juke the spin the stiff arm you can hit different maybe milestones maybe we incorporate something where you can lateral and throw backwards but the field kind of never ends there's no touchdown in sight you're just trying to get as far
0: as you can get right starting the clock Back when I was young, uh, playing on the PlayStation One, there was a a demo disc that we had that had a demo of a football game. Which, looking back, American football for our most of our listeners, um, <laughs> looking back, it must have been NFL Blitz. Uh, but I'm not I'm not like a hundred percent on that one. I don't remember what it was on disc, but it was. Uh, I just really loved the way that it controlled, and especially the uh you can kind of pick up players and throw them and kind of oh, rip their, their shirts good. and stuff yeah. and yeah so it was very kind of visceral in that way and my brother and i used to call it funny football because i guess we didn't remember what it was actually called <laughs> um but I, I love this uh this kind of arcade feel and especially transitioning it into a, another genre uh, we'd want to kind of keep it arcadey to keep it light and to keep it uh you know very kind of like physically um Kind of slapstick, like I'd imagine.
1: I think the Blitz tone and the Blitz, even sort of speed of animation and stuff, is the right approach here. I even love the idea of you're not always the only person. Maybe you have like three AI players that you can dial in the behavior of in some way, a la the Mortal Kombat 11. You can kind of program your AI to behave in certain ways. And I love being able to program my teammates. And to say, oh, you're going to be the guy that's always stiff arming or whatever, trying to clear a path for me. And then you can sort of pass it in between them. So you're always trying to juggle and then you could do like, it doesn't have to be a football field, right? We could do crazy environments and all that sort of mm-hmm. thing.
0: Yeah. So I guess that makes sense to kind of like follow the teachings of NFL Blitz before us or in other words, <laughs> the the Blitz creed. Um, <laughs> oh, <boy>. Thank you. <laughs>
1: You're really backed into it.
0: Yes, that well <laughs> had a long way to run. It was an endless run of a joke. Oh um, my god. Anyways, I set the, myself up. So I I think it would be fun if if most of the game took place on the football field and then as you are running, you know, you are kind of like setting up it takes a long time to like get better at the game and it becomes challenging. Maybe there's some sort of a roguelite element where you're getting better and better you have more and more tools to work with throughout the game and so you're going a little bit further each time and you're working towards what looks like the end game is getting the touchdown and you know that feels kind of like the the pinnacle achievement getting the touchdown but then it's kind of like everything after that is like extended end game stuff and so just like almost like frog fractions where the game kind of like breaks itself and you know, you don't stop in the end zone. You you reach what you thought was the goal, and then you just like break out of the back wall and you keep running through the parking lot, and then you run through the zoo and through the aquarium or whatever it is, whatever kind of crazy places we want him to be. But I think that would be really fun to keep that portion of the game a surprise. I you know what?
1: You're putting me in the headspace of uh this is playwright, so it's surprise we're gonna pull in like some real world geography or something like that. But <laughs> what if you could actually like score a touchdown in every NFL stadium and we'll say every 10 yards you get like a point and you can put points towards stats so you can eventually get like 200 in stiff arm or whatever so you can like reliably mm-hmm. stiff arm people. But then, yeah, you can almost Forrest Gump style where he like runs straight out of the stadium. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can have all the NFL stadiums uh, around the country and then you could actually like run out of them and be in like mini condensed fictionalized Philadelphia (laughs) and Boston and you know, tech uh, Austin and all these places where uh, you could take like monuments and you can take like geography and condense it down into a way that is like, you can just get more and more yardage. And like, you go from like, yeah, it, it, you can stiff arm a guy reliably with like 10 and stiff arm, but to like be able to stiff arm a, a Toyota Prius, you got to be like 10,000 <laughs> and stiff arm.
0: That would be kind of funny. I like that. Um, You know, or even like in the, like Texas or Florida or something, you would be able to like run onto a rocket ship taking off and then run around the moon or space or something. Uh, Just whatever it takes to kind of get these to be, to go from the kind of like straight lace serious within the field action to the most kind of outlandish imaginable versions of almost like when, uh, when Tony Hawk's pro skater goes to different cities, it always has kind of like a heightened reality (laughs) version of them.
1: Yeah, you could even do, like, increasing absurdity. So you start off grounded Mm -hmm. in, like, major NFL stadiums, and then, like, as you, like, expose to the player that they can run out of the stadium, which is objectively absurd, you get, um, you start to do, like, stadiums on the moon and, like, crazy, like, underwater stadiums and all that sort of stuff. But I, I love the idea now... At first, I was like, endless runner, you're always moving forward. But when I think about blitz, the best moments in blitz are fumbles. You cough up the ball and the other team gets it and the camera rotates and you're going on the defense. That would make it a little bit more of a tug of war. To like score your yards, you know, you have to kind of build up your defense too, or else you're going to be coughing up the ball and the other team can run it. And as they run in their direction, you sort of uh, lose points, right? So Mm -hmm. yeah, now you could have sort of like a single NFL blitz play, which is like the frantic craziness, um, but with all the sort of football moves, but the play just never has to end or, you know, it's a 10 minute play rather than a 10 second play.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. So every play would kind of be like two steps forward, one step back, or maybe there's even like different, um, different postures that you can put your player in where if you're going extra fast, then you leave yourself open to fumbling. But if you play more defensively, if you move in a slower pace, then if you get tackled, then that is where, you know, that is your score, whatever point you 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 fell down on because you didn't, you're not going to drop the ball. But, you know, mm. if you're running fast, if you're playing, you know, risk and reward, then you leave yourself open to fumbling and then the opponent can pick up the ball and then move backwards. And then that deducts from your score. So you end up coming up with like whatever, wherever the ball stopped is your score for the end of that round.
1: Yeah, that's kind of like you can give the player the dive mechanic in order to, Not only just dive over players or obstacles, but potentially if you've got a clearing and you're like, you know what, let me just take a knee right here uh, and just stop the progress. Like, I would rather bank the points than maybe if you fumble, like your points get chopped in half or something, you know, something really tragic.
0: So another thing I wanted to think about is... Um, you know, Endless Runner doesn't always mean that you're going straight forward. Uh, There's games like um, Temple Run, and then there was some like Endless Runner type of sections in the Legend of Korra video game where you are turning corners. And so I wonder if each of these cities could actually have like a layout. The obstacles could be randomized, but like the locations could be, or would you want it to just be kind of like, you go in the straight line and you will go past each of the things that we want you to see because we don't, you know, we can't expect people to spend time like actually exploring the cities in this pace of game and, you know, condense it all into like a Disneyland ride kind of straight line type of uh, adventure. I don't know. Which would you prefer, a exploration-based endless runner or one that is more kind of straightforward?
1: I... I think it's cool to have the exploration be uh, laid out a little bit more like the city, where not only do you get points for treading uh, treading ground, but you get more points for treading new ground. So you're sort of Mm. incentivized to kind of, if you want to, you know, farm the Philadelphia map or something. You want to hit like the Bell, and you want to hit the Rocky Statue, and like all (laughs) all of the things. And if like you just try and like go through the same like easy streets where you have mostly clearings and not a lot of obstacles. There's, you know, you get much less points for retreading
0: um, areas you've already been. All right. Well, that's all the time we have on that one. Let's come up with the name and close this one out. Oh man. What is past a touchdown? Like what is is the end zone? Um, I was thinking of like puns off of like, like stunning back or cunning back or something.
1: Stunning back, cutting back. Oh, great, cause cause you're a running back. Um
0: it, I wonder if
1: there's like endless running back. There's also fullback and halfback, which I wonder if there's something there. And and of course, As someone who's not
0: like a like a football fan, I I would not recognize those terms. Sure. <laughs> but yeah, you know, maybe we are marketing towards more knowledgeable audiences.
1: What is there? First down, second down, third down, fourth down. We could call it fifth down or that's not bad. Fifth down is not, not, uh, not bad because you're like, Oh, what fifth down it's, you know, it's one beyond what you think is the
0: maximum. (laughs) Yeah. Well, if, uh, yeah, that sounds good to me. Let's go with fifth down. Let's go over to my pitch for today. One of the games that I have been just kind of dabbling with a little bit recently is the Swords of Ditto. Do you know that one at all? Uh, no, I've heard of it, but I I don't know. So this is a kind of hack and slash Zelda-like uh, roguelike roguelite, maybe, um type of adventure game. It's published by Devolver Digital, and it has kind of a cute, uh cartoon aesthetic to it, and it's uh, kind of, you know, very approachable. Oh, yes, I Um, heard about this. This
1: is like you advance in time and there's
0: ages and you're right. all trying to, like, defeat an evil. So it kind of takes on that trope that you would see in, like, Infinity Blade and in um, Rogue Legacy, where every new life, every new run at the game represents, like, a descendant of the character you were playing previously or, like, another character in the town, but, like, years down the line. And so I was, I was thinking about that and i was thinking that you know maybe maybe there's an opportunity to do something like this but later in the game you like gain the ability to summon previous lives and use them in kind of like an all out final push on on the final boss and so it it kind of takes the failures that you've had before and turns them into the strengths of your character going forward and so i know that we've uh we've done some fairly similar pitches in the past some things that deal with kind of multiple timelines intersecting all at once and stuff like that but let's see if we can spin this in a different direction and uh and use a late game ability in an interesting way so i'll start the clock there
1: i wonder if you could take something like sort of ditto and combine it with the mechanic of uh, one of my favorite sort of concepts in in and of a mechanic of a game recently was uh you're sending one of your troops back in time uh in um oh my god I can't think of the name of the game it's a strategy game
0: submitted a bit of that in fire emblem
1: I don't know fire emblem this is the robots like oh, xcom no. No, everybody's in a mech. Oh, damn it. Why can't I think oh, of the? Uh,
0: yeah, Into the Breach, right?
1: Into the Breach, yeah. So in Into the Breach, thank you very <laughs> much. Uh, in Into the Breach, there is a concept of somebody is... Uh, your team is dying, but you can send one of your troops back in time. I wonder if there's, like, something where you can... At the end of a run, usually in these type of games, you're just dead and there's some meta progression that keeps it going but what could you do if you could send a character back in time like what what sort of things could you play with there if anything
0: yeah that gets a bit tricky because it would be if it was things that the player had already experienced then you'd have to kind of contend with like well now this is a determined event and so when they reach this point in the future then they have to send their character back or i don't know it it gets a little complicated unless you could do like an alternate history type thing where you go back to a previous run maybe they were like being recorded and you can assist your character and it can turn out differently than it did the first time around that could be kind of interesting
1: oh that's that's an interesting idea so i would be able to like, send my own character, or if you could send your character back in time to, I think we've pitched something like this before, to, like, help yourself.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, it is uh, kind of my original idea, and of course, we're always welcome to go in different directions, but again, like, I kind of wanted something that would, that would be kind of like a fun late-game twist, um, something that would be unexpected, that people would be really delighted to run into, where you see each character is spec'd a little bit differently because they have different starting weapons and different pickups along the way, you know, and, and just like in Dead Cells, tons of weapons that make your character play entirely differently. And uh, just when, you know, it's always kind of like you get a good roll and then it's kind of sad to see them go, you know, you just have some bad luck at some point yeah. during your run and, you know, they have to go the way of the Dodo. But later on in the game, just that moment of like, understanding that you can summon you know your previous lives and then seeing those builds again and just having that moment of like oh man that was like that was my favorite one or that's the one that didn't get very far and this and kind of all working together um and kind of as one collective body to take down the great evil would be kind of fun
1: i it would be cool too if in so many of these run-based games there's not a sense of a single character or the group of characters' journey. And what I mean by that is them like learning a particular thing. Like, if every person or every person in this group, every new, you know, character is like all training to become a wizard, right? And then late mm-hmm. in the game, you realize, like, you start to pick up certain books that or you realize they're kind of teaching you to be like a necromancer. Mm. Uh, And then as you become that necromancer, you realize you have the ability to like sacrifice your own soul to return to a previous soul's body. But maybe you like learn or you, you lose the interim of what you learned between, you know, that build and where you're at now.
0: Yeah. That's interesting maybe as you summon previous characters some of the decisions that you made during that run that felt kind of inconsequential at the time could determine kind of the valence of your character so if you kind of played very aggressively before if there Dragon were some like moral choices along the way that uh um you know yeah moral choices kind of like in in BioShock and you chose the like get me powerful and you know get me power quickly type of run. Then when you summon them back in, then they are hostile towards you because they are evil versus somebody who played good, who saved people comes back as a more kind of worthy worthy Avenger of fate.
1: I would think it's, it's cool. And I don't see, I don't feel like I've seen a roguelite game do the equivalent of the pacifist run, right? A la Mm -hmm. a, uh, and Undertale, even right where, yeah, you could actually get through this without killing people. You know, the final volley of bosses would be people who like represent the different races of people who are just like, why did you kill this person? Or like, if you know, you're in a you're in a quest like, and at the end, you're faced with like the consequences of what you did and you're not Harold as the hero, but rather you realize you were kind of building yourself up to be the bad guy the whole time.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And again, we are skating dangerously close to things that we've covered before, <laughs> uh, you know, which we knew going into it. Um, but uh, it's, it would be neat if, um, if when you bring characters back, they would be like an ascended version, uh, kind of like Gandalf the white, when he returns from the dead,
1: Ah, oh.
0: uh, where, You know, if you had done a pacifist run, like a true pacifist run, then your character would come back, whatever you spec'd him out as, it would come back as like a holy version of that. And it would have all sorts of like interesting magical attacks and light based attacks and stuff that like, you know, made him a real contender in this, uh, this new round. Um, but of course, then we kind of like, then we lose some of what makes it interesting in that. Let's see how to best describe this. So again, like I think that there's something to be gained by having this be a bit of a uh, bit of a surprise for players. Like it would be fun to kind of stumble into the like, oh, hey, there's my old lives again. They're coming back. They're helping. This is great working together. Um, But if there are these more kind of complex strategies and that relies upon people having this foreknowledge of like what's coming on later in the game to really like max out their their chances at the end game push. So yeah, I'm, I'm a little torn on that. I, I kind
1: of is, I hope this is in the spirit of your idea, but I love the idea of being able to, one of the things that frustrates me in a game like dead cells, even though that's an amazing game. But one of the things that is just intrinsic to the genre is you get really far. You feel like you're seeing new stuff and You know, just the new bad guys in the new area really kick your ass and uh, you, you know, end up going back to the beginning. So I, I kind of would like the idea of maybe being able to just like stab yourself in the heart and (laughs) stabbing yourself in the heart essentially ends that life. But if you do have the power to say resurrect the dead, Um, you could potentially use the resurrection spell when you get to your old corpse and
0: like summon
1: an assist from one of your old corpses at any point. So if there's a really hard boss, if you can manage to, but like you have to kill yourself. It can't be like the boss kills you because every enemy, like for whatever reason, eviscerates you. So I like the idea of like getting to the boss And not fighting the boss, but rather like stabbing yourself over and over and over again. And then being able to like summon an army of yous uh, to all help you fight the boss at the same time. That
0: could be kind of a interesting uh, strategy. That is interesting. I wonder if there's a way that we can let them take like a practice run at the boss. Like even after they stab themselves, they can come back as a ghost or something like that because... What I don't want is for people to spend like six hours just grinding lives and not having that time, like experiencing the boss. And so when they finally do, you know, save up, go into the boss room, they're unprepared for what they have to, you know, what they come up against.
1: Yeah, that's kind of interesting. I mean, if you do, if you did the mechanic where you (laughs) can sort of kill yourself or sacrifice yourself in order to be able to... Summon yourself as an ally, then potentially along with that you could uh, do things like that. You're incentivized to really fully play through up until that point again because that ally that you summon will, you know, be some you know percentage of the power of your original when you reach that point. So mm-hmm. you know you do actually still want to like play through up until that point in a really robust and true way. Um, and even your corpses can, like, die. So, it, you know, when you lose your army, you lose it. It's not like an army of unkillable undead.
0: Okay. Well, anyways, that's enough time spent there. Let's, um, yeah, let's come up with a name for this one.
1: I get a weird one. I don't, I don't know. Mm, what do you think of Need Another Me?
0: <laughs> Need Another Me. Need an, that's fun to say. It's, it's difficult <laughs> to say, but it's kind of fun to say. <laughs> it's fun to say. I think it's unique enough uh that uh yeah it has a, an identity to it um let's let's go for it let's do it need another me it's fun Just try saying it out loud uh folks need another me. <laughs> very good
1: i say that in my day-to-day life so
0: i, I don't see why a game can't <laughs> for our 100th episode let's go to another pitch from the community this comes from our friend neil piper who says everyone has texted a question to a parent like hey Would Wednesday or Friday work for family dinner and received a cryptic (laughs) response like, yes. How would you build a game around trying to translate these messages from or into dad text, regular, coherent messages? I wasn't sure where to go with the gameplay. It could be wacky telephone-esque, Jackbox-style game. Each player gets a text message and votes on whoever responded to it in the most accurate but least clear way. It might work best as something more in-depth, like her story but text-based, all you have are the text message logs between a parent and child, and you have to figure out what happened. It could be both. I'm leaving that in your capable hands. So, let's start the clock. I
1: chuckled out loud when <laughs> I read this email <laughs> from Neil, and we haven't stuck true to giving our our frequent writers uh, nicknames.
0: I don't know if oh, this is he, true. He's
1: going to be the Pied Piper or something like that. but
0: uh, I doubt he's ever heard that before, so no. I think he'll be really <laughs> chuffed.
1: <laughs> all right, you <laughs> jerk. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, okay, so yeah, let's explore this the the idea of you're reading chat transcripts from a parent and a and a child, and they're all sort of these dad esque weird answers, and trying to figure out what pairs with what. I could even see like a rapid fire quiz game of like. Here's what was asked. How do you think the dad responded?
0: Hmm. I'm trying to think of like interesting scenarios to kind of like set some level of stakes. I wonder if like, I wonder if you are like the son or daughter of the president, not the current president, but just a fictional president is also working very high up in the cabinet and has to interpret like matters of national security or matters of like (laughs) international, you know, whatever. Um, As a with the kind of like dad text, you know, whether it's like weird misused emojis or acronyms that don't quite come out correct or something and having to interpret what you do in your very high level government job based on uh, ambiguous information.
1: That would be kind of interesting, like to put that could potentially be a mechanism to put on a time pressure of sorts as well. Like, Hey, I need an answer immediately. And you're just kind of like looking at this response and you're like, I think he means yes. Even then though, I, the mechanic to me still feels like it's going to be you just like it reporting to you whether or not you guessed correctly. Is there like, how do we expand beyond that?
0: Hmm. Well, I mean, if this was something that's more kind of story based, then this could just be kind of like multiple branching storylines different types of um, events and scenarios that could happen based on what you choose to do with each of the uh, ambiguous texts but of course like you know we can go in any other direction with this as well if there's any uh, particular I don't know interesting scenarios that you think would, uh, would be crazy enough to work.
1: I do like the idea of (laughs) you know, almost trying to, he says her story here, but I'm also thinking of like your, uh, your dream daddies of the world where you are trying to have relate, like you have a distant relationship with your father. You're trying to have something of a relationship. His, his type of response has never really changed throughout the course of the story, but you just learn to glean what they mean essentially from it. So, cause I mean, I think we've all gotten a response like this, maybe from a parent um, mm-hmm. or a loved one or a friend even. And we just go, yeah, that's how they really mean this when they say that. Right. Yeah, like I'm yeah. sure Neil is doing some level of dad translation with his uh, text message here. He's like, right. I think that dad, his yes means I don't care. Like <laughs> whatever. So maybe there's like a, there's like a getting those responses and, Kind of knowing, like choosing from the dialogue tree what to type next, and you're trying to like learn about your father's past or something <laughs> it's just something like really deep and overly emotional and like borderline inappropriate for what uh, what the actual
0: content is. It would be kind of funny to do like if this was like a crime scene investigation or not a crime scene necessarily, but more of like a her story and you know, of after the fact like studying a really tragic incident but using this kind of comical setup like would be kind of an interesting balancing of of tones.
1: <laughs> yeah, or you even had um you you were looking at uh phone records of the father or whoever and <laughs> and as they were like maybe they have multiple conversations going at a time and you're like trying to parse who the responses were actually to. You're Mm -hmm. like, oh, he was agreeing with this conversation and he, he asked a question about this conversation that totally changes what I thought the like context of those two things were.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There are uh, quite a few games out there right now that are kind of like, I I think the lost phone series is uh, the most famous where you're kind of like, you're going through a virtualized, like somebody's phone essentially, and you're trying to piece together Things that have happened based on like the photos and the social posts and the text messages. Usually it's like a missing person type of case. So I think yeah, installing some level of comedy into a premise like that would be, uh, would be quite entertaining as well.
1: I like the idea of the maybe there's some mechanic in this too where you can communicate uh, with a father or you are the father and you realize that like the font size is so cranked up on the screen that all you can do is like tap an auto response thing. And so you realize that the dad has just been using whatever the auto complete <laughs> is. It would
0: be kind of funny if like, there's a, it's a progression through the game. And then as like time goes by, you become a parent. And then like, as you try to send messages, like, all the wrong words come out, and you just, like, lose your ability to communicate clearly. <laughs> so the cycle repeats. It's not his fault.
1: You slowly become a dad over there. You, <laughs> you have a child, and they start texting you at, throughout the story, and then, like, you, you can only respond with one answer at a time because, like, you're busy.
0: <laughs> what would be other kind of, like, fun, interesting scenarios to drop some of these mechanics into just to kind of get some ideas out there
1: i i think that's a good question one of the things that we haven't really explored is his is neil's pitch of like the Jackbox style Mm. game where everybody gets the (laughs) everybody gets a chance to stab the group gets a stab at who answered it the most dad way and you're like you're voting on things and every vote is like uh ryan scored three dads with his response or something like that i think that that would be a very funny like you combine that with the jackbox like quipping and stuff in between and you know it's obviously
0: ripe for dad jokes do like a multi-person like one person writes a question The other person is instructed to respond as a dad would respond, or maybe like every other word is randomized within some level of, I don't know, whatever it would be to get kind of a nonsensical response. Then the third person would be tasked with interpreting the response and uh, everyone would kind of vote on like which interpretation was the funniest.
1: Oh, and you could also make... Like, let's say everybody gets the answer to the question, and when it's your turn to answer the question, you can see, right, like in those Jackbox games, it's only your phone that can see, like, how you're answering. You could give each person a different dad trait, and what I mean is, like, you could do not wearing his reading glasses dad and make the everything blurry, and you could do the uh, insane font size dad where, like, everything's too big on your screen, and you could do the... Uh, the construction worker, dad, where like you've got these giant meat mitts for hands. And so every <laughs> every button you press kind of presses an adjacent
0: button as well. That's funny. Or the doesn't know how to scroll through the messages, dad. <laughs> so all you can see is like the last couple of lines.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, And then like the last the last <laughs> sentence or one of the sentences is just like, you know, cut in half.
0: <laughs> uh, that's that's cool. I think that we've we've cracked the code not the dad <laughs> code, of course, that is going to remain a mystery forever. But for... <laughs> we've come up with a cool video game. So let's close that one down. And uh, Neil does come to us with an excellent name for this. So I really like it. typing of the dad, which I don't think we're going to be able to top so. No. I wouldn't touch it. Thank you very much, Neil, for sending that in. And if you would like to submit one of your own, then you can do so by going to playwrightcast.com slash pitch. You can email us, playwrightcast at gmail.com, or you can tweet us at playwrightcast.
1: Special thank you to Protodome for the use of our theme song, Hello World, off the album Blue Noise. And hey, if you get a chance, we are part of the Cannon Rinse Podcast Network, so head over to Patreon and toss them some cash. You can get in as low as $1 a month and you're going to get episodes of the Cane and Rinse podcast early. They're doing Doom 2016, or as they colloquially say, Very Doom. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's it's a really wonderful episode. Uh, You can get everything early. And, of course, all the content continues to be released after the fact. So you're not missing anything by being a patron, but it's a great way to say, Hey, I love playwright. Hey, I love the sausage factory. Hey, I love Canon rinse. And Hey, I love sound of play, or I just love typing of the dad. So here's $1 <laughs> a month, canon and rinse for just bringing that idea into
0: my life. <laughs> That's great. Well, we've, we've done a hundred. We're going to spend some more time celebrating in a couple of weeks. And so, you know, we're kind of glossing past what seems like a, uh, a big milestone it is. But we've got our two years just a couple of weeks down the line. So we'll be circling back around and we'll be having a big party then as well. So, uh, yeah, thanks again, everyone who stuck with us for either the whole hundred or maybe this is your very first episode. Maybe this is your 27th episode and you picked up somewhere in the between. That's Very totally strange. fine as Statistically, well. Statistically, this is about your 27th episode, actually. <laughs> Probably true. <laughs> well, anyways, we'll hopefully lots more in the future. So let's, uh, let's go out on a miniature pitch. Q, what would you like to leave us out Leave us out with? No, lead us out with today.
1: <laughs> I would love an AR version of Donut County, where I have a
0: giant hole I can drag around and suck up <laughs> objects from the real world. Ooh, wow. That's ambitious. I like it. All right. Well, we'll see you next week. Bye.